This message is brought to you from Calon Church. We pray it encourages and inspires you. Well, good morning on day 34 of lockdown here in the UK. So whether you are joining us on Facebook, Twitter or YouTube, we give you a really, really warm welcome and thanks for taking the time to uh, join us this morning. Well, it's been a remarkable week, hasn't it, to see how lockdown has brought out the best and the worst in people over the last few weeks. We've been stunned by the alternative applications for disinfectant by certain world leaders. I don't know if that got you laughing this week, but also it's been amazing to see uh, what Captain Tom Moore has achieved. He's now close on raising 30 million in readiness for his uh, 100th birthday. I think he's 100 this Thursday, and I think he's going to have a load of birthday cards for his endeavours. But, you know, this together with so many other acts of kindness all across the UK in uh, so many different ways, and particularly some acts of bravery, have been incredible to see, haven't they? You know, just like uh, Captain Tom served in the Second World War uh, and uh, served to protect our nation, so there are key workers all across the UK uh, keeping us safe on the front line today, fighting this terrible, terrible disease called coronavirus. And my thoughts this week have been uh, going towards what makes people do those brave things. I don't know about you, but I've watched loads of interviews of doctors and nurses and so many different people. And when people ask them, are you scared and are you fearful? They say, well, I just get on with it. You know, it's what I'm called to do. Uh, and it's been incredible to see such acts of bravery from so many uh, different people, particularly when I consider um, what Ruth and I do when we go shopping for the grocery. We've got uh, enough disinfectant uh, to flood the car out. Uh, we put gloves on our hands and uh, we see people putting uh, masks on and, uh, you know, everywhere we go, we see so many people, uh, some of them using social distancing of about 10 meters, such is the fear that's gripping a lot of people uh, at this time. And so many many people are understandably in fear. You know, rational fear is needed. You know, if uh, you were dropped off in a jungle and found yourself facing a lion, you want fear to kick in. You want that fight or flight mentality to take off and adrenaline will soon be released into your uh, blood and you will have the energy and your heart rate will uh, increase and uh, your breath is increasing as the fear grips you to run away from that lion. Fear is a good thing. Fear keeps us alive. That's rational fear. But irrational fear can be, can be debilitating. It can stop us in our tracks from doing rational things uh, that a lot of other people do because fear grips our lives. You know, at Calon Church, we often use the acronym F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And when that false evidence appears real, real um, scientists tell us that so many things kick in in our system uh, to uh, stop us and to uh, 
prevent us from going forward to do things that are perfectly natural, like jumping on a plane or picking up a spider, right? But the fear that we have of those things is debilitating. Scientists tell us, have a look at this list, that uh, our heart begins to beat very fast, our uh, uh, breath is quickened, your muscles can sometimes feel weak, you can start sweating, your stomach will churn, I've definitely felt that before, you can find it hard to concentrate, you'll feel dizzy, sometimes you can be even frozen on the spot and you can't eat or sometimes you'll even uh, feel sick or my personal favorite the one that usually happens uh, to me if I get a moment of stage fright if I'm having to speak at a large event or whatever my mouth goes dry I wish it wouldn't do it I've had a coughing episode happen uh, at a big event once and I had to be helped out by a friend but that's what happens when irrational fear takes a hold of us and the reason fear is such a powerful force is because it's an emotion. I love what Dr. Larry Little, a guy that I really respect a lot of the work that he's written in so many different ways around behavior. He's got a great little book called Make a Difference that uh, I use in business and in other areas. And he says this, he says, you can't think your way into behaving, you must behave your way into thinking. Can I say that again? You can't think your way into behaving. You've got to behave your way into thinking. And what the Bible teaches us is exactly that. The Bible teaches us that it takes understanding, it takes action, and it takes faith to overcome fear. So turning me to God's word as we go to one of the most uh, famous psalms in the Bible, and I want you to turn with me to uh, Psalm 23 as we read together this psalm of David that says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the text that I want to focus on, the phrase I want to focus on from God's word this morning to share with you on this beautiful sunny day in Wales is from that verse 20, uh, Psalm 23 verse 4 that simply says this, I fear no evil for you are with me. The title of my message to you this morning is called simply do not fear. Let's pray. Father God, I pray this morning as together we gather from so many different places all across the globe around your word today. Lord, that your word would speak to us, that you'd help us to understand that you conquered fear. And that if we walk in the newness of life that you have for us and understand that you have a plan for our lives, we can, instead of focus on fear, we can focus on your love 
and to have faith and trust in you, knowing that you have a plan for our lives and everything is going to be okay if we just trust you. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. What's the opposite of fear? What do you think it is? If you're on Twitter or Facebook or even if you're on YouTube right now, drop in the comments right now live. Drop the comments. What do you think the opposite of fear is? You know, former San Francisco firefighter Caroline Paul is pretty much fearless. She's got a great book that she's written called Gutsy Girls. I was listening to a podcast. I follow the Tim Ferriss podcast. It's a great podcast uh, that he has, and he's interviewed her on uh, two occasions. And this week, I was listening to a podcast of him interviewing uh, Caroline Paul. She's a girl that takes big risks as a firefighter, having to face the fear of a fire. And it's really, really incredible. And the uh, book that she's written, Gutsy Girls, encourages parents, uh, like me and you possibly, uh, to encourage us not to wrap girls up in cotton wool as we tend to do. And she posits in a book that one of the key differences between the way we raise boys and the way we raise girls and what makes boys less fearful in general than girls is the fact that we tend to wrap girls up in cotton wool. They shouldn't climb trees and uh, they shouldn't go on a skateboard and they shouldn't go and do crazy things down in the river or do it. And, and they get held back from those things because for some reason... We seem to, as parents, want to coddle and protect girls. And in the same environment, more often than not, we will say to the lad, go on, son, go do it. Whereas we'll turn around to our daughter and say, hang on a second, you might get hurt. And she thinks that that reason is largely to account for why women in, in general are quite a bit more fearful and risk adverse than uh, men are. Or the other uh, writer, Susan Jeffries, in her book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, she says that what we need to do is to address our thinking in terms of negative thoughts. So there's just two people there that some, uh, you know, uh, Caroline is saying we should face our fears and expose it. Susan Jeffrey says that we should uh, just change the way that we think with negative um, thoughts. And psychologists tell us this. Let me read this list to you. Psychologists tell us largely that there's five strategies that we should, uh, sorry, four strategies that we should use. Number one, define the risk. So take a pen and paper, they say, and write it down and define what it is uh, we are uh, risk-averse towards. The second thing, define the worst-case scenario. What's the worst that could happen? Write down all the worst-case scenarios that could possibly happen if you were to take the risk and plunge into doing what you're thinking of doing. The fourth thing, minimize the risk. Write down what you could do to minimize the possibility of each negative outcome that you came up with. And then lastly, make a plan. For those worst-case scenarios, write down all the things that you could do to get back on track if that negative outcome even happened at all. Now, that sounds like a, a really long, tedious kind of way to uh, deal with fear. So what is the best way to resolve fear. So back to the question. You maybe typed it into the uh, comments at the bottom there. What is the opposite of fear? 
Some of you have maybe written courage or boldness, joy, bravery or happiness. Well, I don't know what the opposite is, and I'm not here to tell you that, but I am here to tell you that God's antidote to fear is love. Right now, we're looking for an antidote to coronavirus, aren't we? We're looking for a vaccine. We're looking at something that can keep us safe. And in a similar way, to keep us safe from fear, to not so much vaccinate us, but to give us a, uh, an antidote against fear, God's answer to that is love. In fact, 1 John 4 verse 18 says this far better than I could. It says, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And the word fear in the Bible, because you know the, word, the Bible is actually written in Hebrew and Greek, and it has uh, a far richer language than the English words that so often uh, we use. But the word fear in the Bible has an extensive array of meanings from fear, dread, terror, timidity, all the way through to other extremes, uh, such as wonderful, uh, stupendous, like excitement, that kind of fear, or adrenaline rush, uh, as we call it, all the way through to reverence and awe, when it talks about the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, to have reverence and to have respect uh, for him. So from fear, dread, terror, timidity, the biblical way to deal with fear is threefold. Number one, identify the fear. What is it that we fear? Ask the question right now. In the middle of lockdown, here we are for our families and for uh, our businesses and for everything that we're involved in. Can I ask you today, what's your fear? Your fear may be that the finances will run out. Your fear that there won't be enough food to feed the nation. The fear maybe that things won't return to normal for two, three years maybe if we can't find a vaccine that will work. What's your fear? Secondly, understand God's principles. What does God say about fear? And then thirdly, apply the truth. Let his power at work in my life change me. So quickly, the biblical way to deal with fear is, number one, identify the fear. Number two, what does God say about it? And number three, let his power change my life. In fact, uh, Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 7. He says it way better than me. He says this, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. God's antidote to fear is love. So I'm going to give you three ways that God's love is outworked in our lives. First of all, love through connection. Love through connection. God's love expressed through faith, peace, and confidence are the opposite of fear. The words of the psalmist that he writes in Psalm 23, he says this, I know you are with me. I don't fear because I know you are with me. I know you are with me whether I walk through the valley of the shadow of death or whether I'm uh, in the presence of my enemies, wherever I find myself, you teach me, O Lord, to not fear 
because I know you are with me always. You know, back in the 60s, two psychologists, Gibson and Walk at Cornell University, carried out an experiment called the Visual Cliff Experiment. You can uh, go onto YouTube or Wikipedia and research it, and I encourage you to go to uh, YouTube and watch the full video. But basically, what they did was they took an infant, and they took this small infant and put him on uh, him or her on one side of a, uh, a gap between them and their mother and closed the gap with a perspex plastic sheet. And they were trying to encourage the infant to cross the chasm. But the infant wouldn't cross the chasm because of the fear of the gap. And there was an interesting thing that happened in the experiment is when the mother... Uh, or the father turned round to the child and gave a, you know, an angry or a stern face. The child didn't cross the perspex. But when they gave a happy, smiling face and smiled at the child, and again, no actions, no verbal encouragements whatsoever, the children, more often than not, would cross over to the other side. And Andrea encouraged us last week through the ministry, didn't she? She said... May his face shine upon us. May the Lord turn his face toward us. And that's what understanding that God is with us through love, through connection, does for us. In that similar experiment that was carried out by Gibson and Walk, that same experiment, if you like, is lived out in that uh, the Lord blesses us and keeps us by turning his face towards us. Much like that experiment. Isn't it an interesting uh, analogy and an illustration to use that God would turn his face towards us and that his face would shine upon us. Love through connection helps us understand that there is a God, that he loves us and that he has a plan for our lives. So firstly, love through connection. Secondly, Love through action. Trust, boldness, and security through love is the antidote for fear. In Deuteronomy 31, we read of Moses addressing the people before they're about to cross the River Jordan and go across into the promised land of uh, land towards Canaan. And the scripture writes in Deuteronomy 31, it says this, The Lord himself, these are the words of Moses, The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Can I read that again? Listen carefully. It says, The Lord himself goes before you. It says, He will never leave you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. What great words. Now this is love against action. And these are words that are not coming from a teenage adrenaline filled junkie. Those words are written by a 120 year old man. Captain Tom would have to wait 20 years to catch him up to have that kind of mindset, right? Don't fear. The Lord goes before you. But Moses' boldness and security 
comes from simply trusting God because he knows the blessing of God. He knows that the Lord has so often turned his face towards him and shone upon him and given him peace. So can I ask you for your worst fear? Can I ask you for what you're thinking about right, right now? Can you trust him? Can you trust God and understand that there's a God that loves you and has a plan for your life. So firstly, love through connection. Secondly, love through action. And lastly, love through submission. Love through submission, yielding our lives, giving our lives to him. In Luke chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus taught us, didn't he, that we should Love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and with all our mind. We are to love him and we are to submit to him, not just our mind, but our heart, our emotions, our very body. We, we are to give those across to him as an offering or as a sacrifice of our lives and say, God, I want you to have your way in my life. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, right? That we, in every aspect of our lives, for our work life, for our family life, our marriage life, for every aspect of our lives, noting that we don't live a compartmentalized life where we're all like different boxes, you know? This is how I behave in my work life. This is how I behave in my family life. This is how I behave in my personal life. You just have one life, and God calls us to submit all of who we are our emotions, our mind, our strength, everything, even our body, the Bible teaches us, is his temple that he dwells within. And we are submitted all to him. Love through submission. In fact, the Bible teaches us that perfect love, as we read in 1 John earlier, casts out fear. But there's another verse that I leave you with today as we draw to a close which can be found in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Interestingly, a few years back in 2018, that was the verse of the year for our church. And it was Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 that everybody at Callan Church has committed to memory. And the verse says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. Whatever you are going through now, whatever your fears, whatever your family is experiencing, whatever your finances look like, whatever your business is, whatever your fear for the future, will you, through connection, through action, and submission, allow the love of God to do his work in your heart? Will you do that with me? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you that even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Lord, I pray for each person that's listening this morning. I pray for each person in the middle of every circumstance where they find themselves in. They might be serving on the front line. They might be uh, waiting for news from a loved one who's unwell in hospital. They might be concerned for their business. 
They might be wondering if they're going to run out of finances by the end of the month. Lord, I pray for each person, no matter what the situation, no matter what the fear. I pray, O God, that as they connect to you, as they trust in you like the men and women of old in the Bible have done, Lord, that as they just simply trust you, that your perfect love will cast out fear, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This message is brought to you from Callon Church. If you want to know more, please check us out online at callon.church.